1: Welcome in, everybody, once again to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. With me, as always, twice weekly here during football season, we're previewing Alabama-Texas A&M. In this particular podcast, which you can, of course, get anywhere you prefer uh, downloading podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and as well live on Facebook and YouTube, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights throughout the football season. Seven years now we've been doing Talking Tide a long time and uh, glad to be on the Pigskin Podcast Network for that. The Twitter feed, Talking to Underscore Tide, get links to all our podcasts right there. And quickly, want to thank our sponsors. Locally, that would be Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, charter sponsor of Talking Tide, and as well a couple of corporate sponsors in DraftKings and Raycon Earbuds. Going to tell you a little bit more about them later in the program. Travis, Texas A and M Week is here, highly anticipated for both fan bases, especially since that momentous evening in May, uh, when uh, all hell broke loose in college football when it comes to Jimbo and Nick and NIL recruiting, etc. And uh, it's finally here. I suppose the the shine on this game is probably dulled a little bit with a couple of Texas A&M losses. Uh, but ticket price is still pretty high. I talked to a, a StubHub rep uh, here in the last couple of days uh, about the market for this game. More on that a little bit later in the show, uh, but uh a lot of anticipation for this one for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It typically is, you know, AM is a program that you know when you talk about teams since 2012 that have beaten Alabama both at home and on the road, it's a really short list, isn't it? I think it's Texas AM, maybe Ole Miss. Ole Miss and 14 and 15 back to back. Yeah. That's about it since AM joined the league in 2012. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, it's uh, still a couple of popular brands, obviously. And uh, you're right. Maybe not the luster that it had four or five months ago, but should be a crazy weekend in Tuscaloosa and a lot of intrigue with this game, especially with what's happened at the quarterback position for both of them.
1: One thing in common with the Texas A&M win over Alabama last year and those two Ole Miss wins over Alabama you mentioned in 14 and 15, none of those three teams won the division, which you'd think if you could get over the top in the West over Alabama, winning the division would be right there for you. Uh, But uh, failures across the board, at least with those three squads.
0: Yeah, at least with Auburn and its wins over Alabama – I guess other than the 2007 win over Saban coached Alabama, 2010, I believe they already had the division wrapped up at that point, maybe Uh, 13, obviously was monumentous uh, to that and going to Atlanta and then 17 as well. So you're right. It's interesting that a couple of the other teams like Ole Miss and Mississippi, excuse me, Texas A&M, they haven't been able to capitalize on those wins.
1: The big subject this week, for sure, on the football side of things for Alabama, Travis Bryce Young, starting quarterback. We touched on this a little bit on the Sunday nighter, uh, but now as we look ahead to Texas A&M, he would appear to be questionable. Saban hasn't used that word. He calls him day-to-day. That's pretty much what questionable means uh, with a AC joint sprain, and uh, apparently he's been able to do a few things in practice uh, Nick Saban made mention of that Wednesday morning, actually, which means he was able to do some things in Tuesday's practice. Uh, perhaps a little bit more on Wednesday. Uh, I don't think we're, and by the way, the Texas A&M quarterback situation up in the air as well. Uh, it, it may be kickoff or at least pregame Travis, before we have a, a good handle on who's going to be taking snaps for both squads.
0: Yeah, I think we both will agree that knowing how the process typically works for injured players, hearing Nick Saban, as you said, on Wednesday morning, alluding to Bryce having already done something in practice as early or maybe as recent as Tuesday, uh, I took that as encouraging. Now, who knows how he responded to that on Wednesday and how much, if any, of his workload uh, took place on Wednesday during the practice, or maybe they were able to up it. So, yeah, there's still going to be some uncertainty. Maybe we'll hear more from Nick during his uh, radio show on Thursday night. It seems like he gets injected with a little more truth serum or he becomes a little more <laughs> revealing sometimes on that talk show. Chase, so who knows? Maybe he'll he'll tell us a little bit more on Thursday night. But um, I, I didn't certainly take it as a bad sign to hear Nick Saban talk about Uh, Bryce in a way in which he's he's trying to do he's already tried to do some things this week
1: he does occasionally spill a little news on that Thursday night radio show there's no doubt about it so that'll and he'll get questioned about it so uh, we'll see what happens there a lot of ears will be on the Nick Saban uh, radio show on Thursday night for sure in terms of Jalen Milrow Travis uh, the young quarterback who stepped in For Bryce Young on the road at Arkansas, if he's the guy, how do you see this offense for Alabama changing? What are some of the things, in your opinion, that that uh, he does well that we may see more of, were it not uh, that maybe we wouldn't see if it was Young back there?
0: You know, you look at the numbers for the Texas A&M defense, and they tell you to run the football. They do uh, a good bit. And if anything, maybe don't throw it as much now with Bryce healthy and good to go. You don't worry about the numbers as much because there's the numbers against Bryce Young and then there's the numbers against everybody else. But, you know, if it is Jalen, I think you're encouraged by those numbers because you would think there would be more emphasis placed on that. We saw that in the fourth quarter at Arkansas and Alabama offensively responded well to that. That being said, I don't think we're going to see a reduction of the playbook to four or five or six plays. I think there will still be um, you know, a lot of access to, to what Alabama likes to do as an offense in general. But again, when you look at the struggles that a has had defensively this year, uh they've had more to do it seems like with the run game and you know Mississippi State is an air raid offense good bread they ran for 144 against yeah. A&M last week that's like you know AM rushing yards it's like dog ears in age so that's really like 288 you know yeah. you can double that 144 if it's an air raid
1: offense so I,
0: I think you definitely got to to try that whether it's Bryce or Jalen
1: Texas A&M, just with the numbers, you're absolutely right. They're giving up roughly 170 yards per game on the ground. That ranks 97th in the FBS out of 130 or so teams, ranks 12th in the SEC. Their pass defense has been a lot better, uh, but that's teams haven't had to throw it on Texas A&M so much. So that's a factor there. And They've had you know, some I,
0: injuries in that secondary too to consider. So
1: that, that could play out in this game as well. It could. It could. I I'd like to see if Milrose the guy, Travis, what I'd like to see this Alabama offense do is come at him with some more of the some more option, and in particular, option keepers, uh, like the one we saw Milrose score on uh, w- when he first got into the game against Arkansas on that short touchdown. Bryce yeah, Young the, the, really doesn't run that option keeper. You know, when Bryce Young runs, it's 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 going to be off a scramble, off a pass play. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's a designed run in the book somewhere for Bryce Young. But you can draw up runs for Jalen Milrow, or at least options uh, for him to keep it. it. Could do a lot of damage to this Texas A&M defense.
0: Yeah, the zone read game. With Jalen, I think, is what we're talking about. And, right. uh, you know, the the tough thing about that for opposing defenses, and perhaps you saw it even um, on the two big runs by Jameer in Fayetteville, you have to hold it down on the backside of those runs, those outside zones with Jameer or Jace, because you have to account for the quarterback, keeping the right. football like you're talking about. So, you know, it does provide a benefit there. Um, and, and again, I, I think if you can kind of keep what I consider to be some of the strengths for that A&M defense, Damani Richardson, who's been a safety for A&M. And since it seems like A&M came into the league 10 years ago, uh, Antonio Johnson's one of the, the better all around defensive players in the SEC at the safety position, um, You know, you're going to have to keep those guys backed up a little bit, though. So to think that you're going to go into this game and run it 55, 60 times, that's probably not realistic. Uh, But if you can just throw it enough to keep those guys honest, I think you have a chance to to surpass that 200 yard rushing mark once again.
1: Yeah. If, if it is Mil- a couple of ifs here, but if it is Milrow as the starter and if Alabama does come out and try to pound the ball, Texas A&M will react to that at some point with an eight man front. And when they do that, Alabama has got to capitalize and make them pay for that uh, with the passing game. Uh, so that there, there's, there's a chess match there if, if that's the way it plays out. Uh, but I think uh, I think Milrow could do a, a lot of damage himself in the running game if uh, if that's the way uh, that that they decide to go. And if indeed he is uh, the quarterback defensively for Alabama, stopping Devin a chain definitely at the top of the priority list for the Crimson Tide, uh, the, uh, the A&M passing game, really not the same without Aniah Smith at that wide receiver spot. Uh, but a chain is a real danger, not only as a runner, but as a, he's kind of like a Gibbs, right? He'll hurt you running it, he'll hurt you catching it, he'll hurt you returning it.
0: He absolutely will. He Pretty much like Jameer Gibbs in, in those areas, whether it's as a runner, as you said. He's, he's on a heater right now, too. Last two games, 270 rushing yards. He did have a big red zone fumble last Saturday at Mississippi State. He's not known as a fumbler this is a guy too at 185 pounds, you look at him and you don't think you're going to have to worry as much about power this week like you did a week ago when you had KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders and some really big guys to deal with at the running back and quarterback positions. But you'll watch Devin Achain, he'll run through some contact and no doubt about the home run ability. You know, he already has a kickoff return this year for 95 yards and a touchdown against Appalachian State. So your Will you your Alabama. Do you take your chances on some of those kickoffs? reichard has been really good on putting the ball through the end zone, into the he end zone is. for touchbacks, and uh, there will be an added importance on that this week because we all saw in College Station a year ago what A Chain's capable of doing if you kick it to him too many times.
1: Yeah, Reichard's capable of taking A Chain out of the, out of the game at least as a kickoff return guy if he's able to stick those touchbacks like he's been doing really, really consistently. So far this season, uh, as far as Alabama's pass defense, Travis, we still, uh, I asked, I asked Nick Saban a question tonight, practically on your behalf, Travis, about, <laughs> <laughs> about the defensive linemen. We're, we're uh, five games into the season. The defensive linemen all uh, have yet to get a pass breakup. Of course, I'm talking about deflections at the line of scrimmage. They get credited in the stats for, a pass breakup when that happens, and and uh, they, they're all goose-egged. And uh, Nick Saban says they're emphasizing it. He likes to see it from the middle of the pocket, but uh, we're five games in, Travis, and uh, ha- hadn't had one batted away yet.
0: Yeah, Phil Mathis was pretty good at that, wasn't he? Getting some hands into some passing lanes. A guy like Anthony Jennings is an edge guy uh, in previous years, had a knack for it. And it does seem like you can practice it all you want, some guys just, it's like anything else. It it comes instinctively to them and naturally. And um, so you would like to see more of that. I think, you know, Malachi Moore against Arkansas may have had the only one like that. And he was coming on a, on a slot corner blitz. So yeah, we'll see if they can maybe get the hands up and, you know, it forces incompletions. More importantly, it gives you opportunity for takeaways.
1: Those things will get picked off quite a bit. There's no doubt, and I think also that there, there's, you know, when you go for that deflection, you're giving up any technique whatsoever to to get off the block. And so mm-hmm. on, a, on a pump fake, for instance, by the quarterback, well, you're out of the play now because the offensive lineman is going to just drill you. So it's uh, uh but it, it's what you noted here on this podcast. When, when you brought it up a couple of weeks ago, is that it was a little bit of a hallmark for some of the best Alabama defenses. Uh, certainly, um, you know, through the Jonathan Allen years, you know, you, and uh, it, it's that was a big part of some of those defenses.
0: Yeah, Deron Payne had one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one of the Saban era in that 2018 national championship game against Georgia and Atlanta. Remember that one? He gets yeah. a paw up. I think Raekwon Davis came down with the interception and then yes. he's going the other way. And you know, that sparked a lot of that comeback uh in in, in finishing the deal against the dogs in that national championship game. So uh, it doesn't seem like much, but uh again, the the potential for for getting the ball, taking the ball away, uh goes up a good bit when you're able to do it on a consistent basis.
1: How about the punt return gig this week, Travis? Does it go back to Jojo or just Kool-Aid hang in there?
0: Uh, you know, we know a couple of things about Vegas, and if somebody's hot with that dice
1: in their yeah. hand,
0: even if they have a couple of cold rolls, you know, Kool-Aid's you don't take the dice, sevens. you don't take the dice from them just yeah. yet. No, I I think you you stay with the the guy that's that's on the heater right now, and that's Kool Aid, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think you got to. Um, and and you know, it's interesting. Saban, Saban said, you know, it's JoJo's job, even, even when Kool-Aid was, was lighting it up. Now, that's not last week. That's been two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, maybe now with the way he's been so consistently lighting it up in that role, yeah, I agree with you. You got to keep him back there. Uh, but it is fortunate for Saban uh, and the team that Earl is is back and healthy again, because if they do need him back there, uh, he he's, he's a reliable guy catching it. And that's, that's important too.
0: Yeah, it is. I I think that it benefited Kuwait a little bit
1: that he was able to go through that
0: rough spot, um, against, uh, I guess Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, yeah. and live to tell about it maybe because they just hadn't been able to work. Jojo as much back into that as of yet, but the hook, the leash
1: might get a little tighter.
0: Uh, if there's a a hiccup or two moving forward now that Earl's back.
1: Speaking of Vegas, the man, (laughs) Travis, has this game at 24 points. Uh, Your your humble handicapper in the Tuscaloosa news, now 4-1 and on the season on a four-game spread streak, and I'm giving out Texas A&M plus 24 as my SEC spread pick of the week. Uh, Travis, it's just, it's just, I expect Alabama to win the game. 24 is too much, especially when Bryce Young may not even be out there.
0: That's, you just said it. I don't, I don't know how you can, with a healthy conscience, just lay the 24 on Wednesday, especially. I mean, you gotta wait. Yeah you've got to wait and a lot of times if you wait though the man will make you pay for that you know you'll pay for that with an extra point maybe he's already made the, a pay one way or the opened, other yeah it opened at yeah.
1: what 21 and a half or 22. Yeah. Uh. he's got
0: he's got a he's got a late price hike he can he can throw in there you know so no i think that i'm with you on that i i know and i it seems like the older i get the more conservative i am about laying points in general Uh, it just blows me away to see some of these lines and you know i know alabama covered last week it it took some good fortune and, and some good play they created a lot of their good fortune uh down the stretch but you had to sweat is what i'm talking about if you laid the points on the road at arkansas last week and i think it could be a very similar situation this week one way or the other whether you if you lay them uh, or you take them, I think there's a good chance you're going to be sweating late in this one. Just the way the man likes it. You know, that's the way he likes it.
1: He does like it that way. I'm calling Texas A&M plus 24 as a smart play. We will see how that shakes out. The ticket man, Travis, average price, $401 as of today to get into the stadium. The low price in the uh, upper reaches of the upper deck. Uh, 80 bucks a ticket, which is actually a lot lower than it was about a week ago. It was about twice that a week ago. Uh, and of course, if you want to sit behind the Alabama bench, then uh, you're going to be shelling out anywhere. You know, you get you get those those prices that are like super premium, like lower bowl and close to the field. Mm-hmm. They vary so much. There's a wild bet. You get you get you dig around on StubHub or Ticketmaster or some of these sites, and you can find them. You can find one guy willing to give them up for four or five hundred a piece, and then there's another guy one row away who's wanting nine hundred. Yeah, you know it's just it's crazy.
0: There's people they just want the convenience too. Like they don't want to even worry about it, and they have the disposable income, which never yeah. hurts. And and a lot of it, even in college football these days, you're seeing is corporate tickets, you know, clients, things like that, entertaining people. So at a place like Alabama more so than it was certainly 2025 20, years ago um it's an expense account type of situation for for some of those seats and you know I, you feel for a lot of folks they see those tickets down around row 3 and 4 at Bryant Denny and they and the prices aren't that bad on them you know and they're thinking man this is lower bowl four rows up on the 20 man yeah let me get these and then they cut, they get to the game and they're looking at the back of helmets you know right. they, You're not high enough up. So, uh, the ticket man, yeah, he's still doing pretty well, but it's kind of become what it's been the last few years. And even before COVID, it's about the premium seating. If the ticket man's going to do his best work, his biggest work, it's going to be in those zones. It's going to be between the thirties and it's largely going to be in the lower bowls.
1: I talked to the StubHub man this week for a little something I wrote uh, for the Tuscaloosa News. Travis, he says that uh, StubHub rep I talked to said that the inventory is really low, like a uh, 1, thousand, twelve hundred tickets or so, at least on StubHub. And that's not the only what, site. What is the there.
0: StubHub man gonna say though?
1: Yeah. Well, hey, he,
0: you better get them. Yeah. We're
1: low. Well, yeah. He's he's uh he's touting, he's tout at least he's touted to me <laughs> that volume for this game is up about 50% and he doesn't think that Oh, the I I are think, coming down. Oh, I think
0: so. from the Alabama perspective there's a lot of Alabama fans that want to be there Saturday night because that is where the Saban Fisher deal still has juice. Right. I don't think it has really. I know the players, you know, are supposed to semi act like it i don't think at this point between the coaches or the teams i think it's totally about the fans and that's right where the ticket man wants it right. so yeah i can see where there is certainly still demand
1: i gotta tell you i would like to see pops your dad go, go <laughs> try to go to work on the ticket man outside of this alabama oh. A&M game. it's almost worth it to bring him up here uh, well. just to see what he can do because because it's going to be tougher I still have
0: point. I know I still have childhood trauma though from that I mean just just the interaction between Pops and the ticket man back in the day you know the we went to the Florida Miami game when I was probably 10 or 11 years old in Gainesville Jim Kelly's playing quarterback at Miami all right Charlie right. Pell's the head coach at Florida. There is no TV, I don't think. Maybe it was ABC, I don't, but really, there probably was no TV. It was a mid-afternoon sweltering game in September in Gainesville, and there are no tickets. This is Florida, and Miami, and uh, yeah, he's going up to the ticket man and telling him he'll give him, you know, five dollars for two. And the vitriol yeah. that came back. Yeah. From the ticket man, at pops. Yeah, I, I just had to. I had to put my head down. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even look at him. You know, I want and wanna... and pops and pops would tell him, "I'll come back at kickoff and take them for free." Tell that ticket man. <laughs> oh, and the f bombs that would be hurled yeah. at pops after that. I'll come back at kickoff and take them for free. He'd say. Mm-hmm. And look, we got into that game. I don't know how much he bought a single. That's all he could get. He got a single for the two of us, and then he had a work ID that he was able to finesse into getting into the game through one of the ushers. Mm-hmm. This despite having a pint of Bacardi in his back pocket that the usher pointed out to Pops as we entered the game. The usher said something to the effect of, he takes that pint out of Pops' back pocket and says, you ain't going to need this up in the press box. Are you?
1: <laughs> Pops have any kind of retort? Pops
0: that? told the usher he was there to work on the press box phone, he told him. <laughs> yeah, the pint of Picardi in his back pocket. Anyway. Oh,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you occasionally do uh, some great little 15, 20 second video pop yes. go on Twitter this week. I, I demand you do okay. one and, and where you just say pops the uh, the average ticket price for Alabama A&M is is 401. What could you talk the ticket? Man I don't even to? have
0: to. He'll, he'll look at me and say nothing. <laughs> zero. Yeah, I get in for I'll get in for nothing. He'll he'd sell. I'd get in for zero. He'd say, yeah, I don't have to ask him.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. All yeah. right, the Talking Tide podcast moving on. We are going to thank a couple of sponsors right now. Going to tell you first about North River Dental Associates and that fantastic dental care you get from Dr. Jack Smalley and that great bunch of dental hygienists he's got over there at 1100 Fairfax Park, right conveniently located off of Watermelon Road. Whatever your dental needs, your family's dental needs, they'll get you taken care of. The teeth whitening services are extremely popular there. And on a routine cleaning, they're going to get you in and out of the door, typically in under an hour with fantastic service. Also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features. Get in there twice a year for your routine cleanings. Dr. Jack will do it painless and he'll do it well. The phone number 752-3506. You can also make an appointment online uh, at North River Dental at uh, the website NorthRiverDentist.com. It is North River Dental Associates.
0: I'm going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North and the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. All the great staples, the hand-dipped chocolate strawberries, the chocolate-covered popcorn, of course, and they're going to have your game day treats with the Texas A&M Aggies in town. You're going to be able to pick those up as well. I'm going to tell you this, too, though. It is the month of October. We have Halloween upon us, and there are classes right now available to you at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You can reserve your place for the Boo Bart class, where you're going to make that uh, Halloween bark you're going to make good bread that you'll get to take home with you. Also, a caramel uh, chocolate dipped apple class. You can go in, dip your own apple and caramel and chocolate of your choice. Dark milk, white, accessorize it with different toppings. Uh, those classes are available to you. There's a ladies night, too, at Peterbrook Chocolates here. 205 752 Zero two one one reservations are required, so go ahead and handle that right now. The chocolate dipping classes at Peterbrook Chocolates here, fifteen thirty, McFarland Boulevard North, in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa.
1: I'll tell you right now, if I drop by there and I get some of that Halloween bark, it ain't going in the pumpkin bowl <laughs> that you hand out at the front door. It's those, not going with the corn, the candy no, corn. No, no, oh. no, no. no. Yeah. That'll be uh, that'll yeah. stay on the kitchen counter and uh the kids can have sweet tarts or
0: something. Yeah, that's a little better than the number 2 pencils the one neighbor would always give you
1: in your bag, <laughs> no. you know.
0: Yeah. Love Terrible. that person.
1: Yeah. Terrible. Uh all right, moving on, going to tell you a little bit now about DraftKings and that outstanding uh, sports book, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sports app. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. You'll get $200 in free bets if they do. You want to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long with the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download it now. Use the promo code TPPN. You'll get $200 in free bets if your team wins on just a $5 bet on any football game. Once again, With promo code TPPN, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And finally, going to tell you about those Raycon earbuds. I love them. Been listening to them almost every day. And uh, you just can't beat them. You really can't. Uh, Go to buyraycon.com today. Use promo code TPPN15. You'll get 15% off of your Raycon order. Uh, The look, the feel, the sound is fantastic, perfect in-ear fit, eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life, half the price of premium audio brands, and it is no wonder Raycon Everyday Earbuds have more than 50,000 five-star reviews. Once again, go to buyraycon.com, use promo code TPPN15, and you will score 15% off of your earbuds. All right, Travis, we're going to close things out. Uh, talking a little SEC football, we've run a little long, uh, that's okay. We can do that on this program when we want to. Uh, but, uh, we will be quick zipping through these SEC games. LSU on the road, excuse me, Tennessee is on the road at LSU in Baton Rouge. That's an 11 a.m. kick Travis, pretty solid 11 a.m. or er right there. Auburn on the road at Georgia, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi state and Mizzou at Florida. Do we trust Florida to take care of business in the swamp against Mizzou, Travis, or could that be a tussle?
0: I think so. I I think they had the opportunity
1: after the four-quarter war with
0: Tennessee to kind of collect themselves and maybe heal up in some areas as well with Eastern Washington and Gainesville last Sunday. So I would think so. And and you got to wonder what Missouri really has left in the tank after the disappointing finish to that Georgia game and now taking that show on the road.
1: LSU Tennessee, uh, what do you how do you see that one shaping up? Tennessee, uh, the offense for the Vols has really gone up and down the field. Hendon Hooker is having a fine year. Uh, LSU comes into the game, of course, four and one. They've not lost since they got beat by Florida State to kick things off this season. Uh, that should be a tough one too. I think I like Tennessee on the road, but I think that could be a fun one.
0: Yeah, I think that LSU sort of has the people you need to to beat Tennessee, especially playing in Baton Rouge. Um, don't like the early kickoff for LSU. That negates a lot of that advantage, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Tennessee has been on the road and, and won under some tough circumstances up at Pitt earlier in the season. So I think I go with you. I, I, I think Tennessee wins the game.
1: Auburn is uh, on the road at Georgia. Georgia, the last couple weeks, has looked pretty darn human, as as we just touched on with that Missouri game. Auburn, though, I don't think they got the horses to hang, especially between the hedges. I like Georgia big there. What about it?
0: Yeah, I like Georgia. I think that after these last two games, uh, maybe Kirby didn't quite have their attention after the first performance two Saturdays ago. But. I would think he's had it this week after they survived the trip to Columbia, and um, you know I, I, Auburn just seems like a team that can start fast, but nothing really in the way of a finish. It, it doesn't seem like
1: Mississippi State playing at home against Arkansas, of course. Travis, they uh, took care of business in a big way against Texas A&M at home last week. Uh, I think I like Mississippi State again here. What are your What are your thoughts on this matchup?
0: Yeah, I guess there's some question too about KJ Jefferson's health after yep. the Alabama game. So you worry about Arkansas from that standpoint because even if he plays but he's limited and you can't really incorporate him as much as you would like in the run game, Rocket Sanders and those backs and that offensive line can can get a lot done. But, um, boy, that Arkansas defense has struggled against the pass too this year. This isn't a good week for that. So – I'll go with Mississippi State at home.
1: I will too. I, 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 there's something about these Mike, Mike Leach teams that I just don't trust. Yeah,
0: um, me either, at but, all.
1: But, but I, but I certainly think they're going to get it done uh, at home in this particular game. Uh, but that'll be, uh, that'll be a fun one too. Will Rogers, the quarterback for the Bulldogs, uh, having a fine year, no doubt about it. All right, that is going to do it. For this edition of the Talking Tide podcast, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, the sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News and the co-host of Crimson Cover. Be sure to join us on Sunday night. Travis and I will be recapping Alabama's home game against Texas A&M in that podcast, and this podcast is done. We'll see you next time on Talking Tide.